I'm Kristen, and this is the Simple Handmade Everyday Podcast, where I talk about living a creative, intentional life. I like to chat about quilting, knitting, what I'm reading and watching, and even a little bit about keeping a cozy, organized home. You can find me on my blog, Simple Handmade Every Day, at kristenesser.com, and on Instagram, at kristenesser. I've got my cup of tea in hand, so let's settle in for a chat. Welcome to episode four. I have no idea what I'll call this podcast. That seems to be the hardest part of podcasting for me is naming the episodes, believe it or not. But I'm sitting here with my cup of tea. I have the, it's a bag, tea bag. I need to order some more loose leaf tea is what I need to do. I want some Darjeeling from Harney and Sons. That's my favorite and I haven't had it for a while. This is, see if I can say this, I always mess it up. Traditional medicinals, organic chamomile and lavender. Kind of not my thing. I'm not really into non-caffeinated tea, but I've been a little jittery lately. So I thought I would try this that we actually purchased when we picked my daughter Chloe up from school last June and we were moving her out of her dorm and she still had about $40 of dining dollars left. So we went to the little school market and I bought a bunch of tea and we bought smoothies and portable shopping bags, just anything we could do to get our money's worth for that, those dining dollars. So I'm enjoying it. It's not my normal tea, but I will take it for today. Maybe I will be a little less jittery on the podcast here. So welcome back if you've listened to previous episodes and welcome if this is your first one. Last episode, I begged a little bit for some ratings and reviews on iTunes and some people came through. So thank you very much. Here, I want to acknowledge them. Um, Runs with Tutu, thank you very much. Fittest Knitter. And I don't know how to say this, so I'm going to say BKS4LOU something for Lou. So um, thank you so much. And then I think there's a couple other ratings, but they don't affiliate names with them. I love reading iTunes names. I think mine is probably Kristen Esser. I am like the most boring username everywhere. But thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And I encourage others of you to um, go on to iTunes, give me a rating or a review because it's it just really helps. So thank you so much. I very much appreciate it. So with that out of the way, let's just jump into what's on my cutting table quilting wise. I have been feeling very uninspired quilting wise for a little while now. I kind of had a big year last year where I made a lot of quilts kind of one after another and my, even my family was like, do you usually make this many quilts? Like, no, not usually. I just, you know, I had a really good run with it and you know, these kinds of things. They just have peaks and valleys. And I've kind of been uninspired, couldn't find my my quilting mojo. And it's been kind of bumming me out. So that's why I've really kind of been diving into knitting lately, because that is just kind of where my creative energy was leading me. But um, I tackled a project this weekend that has kind of turned things around for me a little bit. And that project is I made myself a design wall. So I sew in the dining room, which I'm actually sitting at right now. This is a different podcast location, so I'm checking the sound in this location. I hope it's going to be okay because it's a little bit of a a nicer environment to podcast in because I can see all my, um, my projects around me. A few years ago, we built a loft over it because we have musicians in this house and the musical instruments were everywhere, so we built a loft to contain all that. 
And what that did is create a little bit of a, a, a drop ceiling over the dining room. And that got rid of the space that I used to hang um, a piece of batting that was my design wall, and I'm saying that with little quotes. It would hang off the stairs, and that's um, it was very it was where I put my blocks, and it worked very well for me, and I could take it down if people were coming over. But I haven't had that for I don't know six years now or something, and so I jokingly say I don't have a design wall, I have a design floor. I just put that same piece of batting on the floor, and I lay my blocks out. And then when I need to put it away, I just roll it up and put it away. Well, in the same way that blocks stick to batting the way you want them to, when you roll it up, it's going to stick on both sides and they would come off. And I, all these very carefully pressed blocks would then get wrinkled. It was not a good situation. And so laying out a quilt and then getting it sewn up was kind of an ordeal and I just did not enjoy it. So... Um, I have seen people make portable design walls before, and Frances over at the Off Kilter Quilt has talked about hers several times using a piece of foam insulation board from the hardware store, and I think hers is wrapped in flannel. I have a lot of batting. Um, I use warm, natural batting. I've got a huge roll of it, so that is the easiest thing for me to use, and um, I've been thinking about it for years, but my problem is that I didn't know where to put it. It's portable, but we're kind of maxed out in this house. So then I realized that I could slide it behind the china cabinet because, again, I'm in the dining room. I could have it out when I needed it. I could slide it behind the china, behind the china cabinet, which um, I was thinking this design board would be about half an inch thick. I head over to this hardware store out on just a series of errands called Osh and... It turns out, you know, because I thought all hardware stores are the same, right? You know, it's very much, it seems like a Home Depot or a Lowe's, but they did not know what I was talking about. And I was really struggling because I don't want to tell them what I want it for because I think it sounds kind of weird. But as I'm trying to explain this, my husband like looks it up on the Lowe's website and shows the guy this and he goes, oh yeah, we don't have that. I'm like, okay. So over the weekend, we were at this jazz festival for both my sons to compete in jazz, and we had some time to kill. And I'm like, there is a Home Depot across the street. Let's go check that out. So we go there, and I do find, you know, again, it takes a lot of explaining and some pretty cryptic terms to get what I want. They lead me over to this um, area, and they do have the foam. They're calling it foam insulation, but it... it it's not rigid. It's kind of floppy. And he's like, are you sure that's what you want? And, and it, but the price was right, you know, meaning it's like a four by eight sheet that is about $8. I mean, it's so affordable. And so he said, well, there's this, and it's this other kind of insulation board, uh, also lightweight, but it's definitely firmer. It was an inch thick and it's covered in like that, um, sort of looks like aluminum foil, like silver. So it's like this true insulation stuff. And, but it's like $20 a sheet, which again, still very cheap. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then he goes, you know, there's a biff on the corner of this one. I could knock 10 bucks off and we were like sold. So we had them cut it down to seven feet. So it's seven feet by four feet. My china cabin's around seven, a little over seven feet. So I get, I'm thinking I'll slide it behind. So I'm going to make a tutorial for the blog, but you know, all I really did was bring it home, cut some um, batting to size, and I was gonna staple it on the back with a staple gun, and lo and behold, we were out of staples. 
So, um, not to be deterred, I just pulled the duct tape out and I duct taped it, just wrapped it around and duct taped it. And it's not perfect because batting does stretch a little bit. So there's some kind of, I'm looking at it right now, some kind of poofy areas where I could probably pull that a little tighter, but done. Okay. So that was great. So I lean it up against the china cabinet, which is right near my sewing table. And I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do with this? Well, a while back in a um, effort to get my sewing mojo back, I made some string quilt blocks and I did a little video on how to do a string quilt block, which I link to in the show notes, but it's just, you know, super fun, happy sewing without really a plan. It was, it was a lot of fun, but I had these blocks, but I had not sewn them into a quilt because I was dreading laying them all out. And actually I had meant to sew them into a quilt top so that when I did that last machine quilting blog hop with Angela Walter's book, I was going to actually practice on a real quilt. Well, I never got it together in time and they've just been sitting there. And so, um, I, I laid them out. And the reason why I just, I thought about just sewing them together without any kind of a plan, but they do kind of come together, um, four corners. And I, I'm kind of a stickler about planned randomness. <laughs> I don't want to, to read things to meet, you know, I, you know, I, I, I like things to be a little bit more, um, separated, which my husband likes to tell me is not true randomness, but, um, you know, it took me five minutes to lay them out. Now, four feet across is not as wide as you really need for most quilts, at least the quilts that I make. But this whole thing was an experiment and it's fine. So there, you know, some of the blocks are dangling off the side, but that's fine. It's all fine. And so I started this design wall at about 3.30 on Sunday afternoon, like where I pull out my big roll of batting and I start making it. And I had that quilt top done by about eight o'clock that night. (laughs) You know, I just, it was like this, it was so fun. It was, I just got me over the stumbling block of just rediscovering how much I like to just sew. And it was the perfect thing because, you know, it was just sewing blocks together. And my string blocks do have a strip of white um, diagonally through the middle of them to kind of break up the madness of of, um, the rest of the quilt, which was made with um, flour sugar by, I never know how to say it. I think it's Lucien. And um, so at first I tried to really make sure that those met at nice points and that really was not working for me. So I just decided to embrace perfection and I just, these blocks are all trimmed to size so that it should work. And so I didn't really worry about the the little white corners coming together perfectly. It's so chaotic that nobody would ever notice anyway. So I was just, I was so excited. So I gave that a good press and I think what I'm going to do is set it aside and book some time on the long arm. I um, learned to to long arm about a year ago and I've only, other than the the four hour original lesson that I had, I've only done it one other time. So I I wanna go and and kind of get that skill going and now I've got um, a pretty decent quilt top to just practice with that it was, it was like made from a jelly roll that I had in my stash. So it was really, you know, a very minor investment. So, so once I press that and folded it and put away still Sunday night, I pull out the pineapple quilt blocks, which I've mentioned before that I've been working on. So all nine blocks have pineapples and leaves, and I have blanket stitch appliqued the pineapples down with this variegated sort of rainbow thread. And 
What I need to do next is stitch down the leaves. And there's a lot of leaves on, there's, what did I say, 13 leaves and there's nine blocks. And the pattern called for zigzagging them with monofilament thread. And I can kind of see why. But my monofilament thread, which I do have some, but I couldn't find the end. And as I was picking at it to find it, it was a mess. And I just threw it in the trash. And I went to my local quilt shop, Cotton and Chocolate to go buy some more monofilament. So I get there, I pick out all four that they have, I bring it to the table and said, Could, can we talk about this? And the woman who helped me, I don't know her name, but she's so helpful, she said, I've made this quilt, I've made this block. I'm like, well, tell me how you did this. She said, well, number one, I did not use monofilament because it's shiny and I just, I don't like it. And I said, well, what did you do? So she got, um, she used variegated green and, um, just did a blanket stitch around each leaf and they overlap a lot. So I'm a little worried about how that's gonna work out and I didn't really wanna break thread that often, but she said she did. She just did each leaf and broke thread and then sewed the next one. So with the blanket stitch, I'm a little worried about locking my stitches. Um, when I did it around the pineapple, I actually left long tails and I tied them in knots by hand, which is not something I do very often. But um, I think what I can do is once I, I stitch around one leaf with a blanket stitch, then I can switch back to a regular stitch and then just sort of do a couple small stitches to lock it. It's gonna be a lot of programming numbers into my machine, but I think it'll be worth it. But it's why I haven't started that. But that's okay because I got all nine blocks laid out on my new design wall. And then I started on the borders, which is, you know, really getting more to what I want to do. It's a bunch of half square triangles and, and um, I was doing them with the eight at a time method, which goes so fast. And so now I've got all the border blocks done, but I can't sew them together until I actually do the, the applique on, on the leaves. So, so that's where I'm at right now. I'm not going to say I'm stuck because I am making so much more progress than I have in so long. What's funny is that neither one of these quilts are really my style, um, but they are the projects that for you know, that I had on hand that sort of getting me sort of over over the hump of my, my quilting malaise. And before I sort of got over the hump with my quilting, I actually sewed a little sock knitting a project bag they call it actually I think I put my mittens in it I made a little project bag um, with a zipper it's super cute it's the wide open pouch I think it's called I'll link to it it's from Noodlehead and it's really cute and I happen to have a bunch of old zippers that from my mom's quilting stash and you need a really long one and I had exactly one 20 inch zipper and um it was, it's super cute. I'll show you a picture of it. I kind of messed up installing the zipper. So the part of the zipper is a little, you know, frayed, which I think I'm just going to do some visible mending on it and just take a little piece of fabric and fold it over and stitch it down. Cause every time I see it, it bugs me, but, um, it's just the perfect size little knitting bag. So that was another thing to just help me to remember that, you know what, you really do like to sew. Speaking of knitting, I've got a few things on the needles. I am the slowest and perhaps worst knitter ever. <laughs> but um, let me tell you what I've got going. First of all, while searching for some needles that I needed, I uncovered a sweater that 
I had started knitting. I think I mentioned that I'd never knitted a sweater before. It turns out it's not really true. <laughs> Number one, I knitted a Weasley sweater from Charmed Knits back when my kids were all really into Harry Potter. And um, yeah, so I did this green Weasley sweater for Jonah and, and did the duplicate stitch with the letter J on it. It was very cute. And then years ago, I cast on this sweater for me called Tea Leaves. I'm pretty sure that Soul Mama knit it, and there was a time I just kind of wanted to do everything she did, not so much anymore. But it is a sweater that is very much me. In fact, my sister-in-law, Megan, once sent me a pin on Pinterest of that sweater in this, you should knit this kind of you know way and I already had it on the needle so you know it's clearly very me it's in kind of a mushroomy brown color because I am nothing if not a neutrals girl and this has been on the needles for so long that I I'm up and down in my weight so I waited till I was like a size I was happy with before I cast it on and then I started knitting it and then I gained weight so I kind of put it away and then I lost weight so I started knitting on again but then now I've gained weight so it's not really going to fit me so it has followed the ups and downs. At this point, I feel like I should finish it and give it to my daughter, Chloe. But when I pulled it out, I was shocked because the whole body is done. Uh, one sleeve is, you know, three quarters done. And, and then there's just one other sleeve after that. So I, I had no idea. I was so far along. I also completely did not know that I had begun knitting it in the magic loop style, which I thought that I had never done. <laughs> I've got some memory problems. As a matter of fact, when I first started knitting on it, I'm like, I don't know how to do this. How am I doing this with this long cable? Until I realized, oh, this is magic loop. And then I had to watch a video to remind myself how to knit um, magic loop. So anyway, so I'm kind of working on that. I'm kind of thinking that this really, I might just when, give it to Chloe. When she comes home, Oh, actually, she'll be home later this week. I'm going to have her try it on and see if it's something that she would like. She needs knitted things for when she goes to Norway, and then I can discount that as as the first one that's done. So, so that's on the needles, and I was very excited to rediscover that. And I think that last podcast, which is two weeks ago, this is so sad. I had just cast on this um, pair of vanilla socks with this colorway that I was calling Neapolitan. And you know, know the funny thing about that is when I finally looked at the tag, it's called Neapolitan. So clearly I'm not the only person who thought that. And yesterday I was down to like 12 stitches just on the toe. I was ready to just Kitchener it off. And then something happened and I dropped a stitch and then I ripped back and to try to catch it and um long story long I had I ripped all the way back to the foot <laughs> I'm like I am the worst person for figuring out how to fix mistakes and it, so anyways whatever it's all knitting there's I like to knit socks so it's fine but I almost had one finished sock to tell you about but now I don't and it turns out when I bought that skein um of it's Otis and Chloe Neapolitan fingering weight sock yarn when we were in Napa um I thought that one would be enough and it's not I kept looking at the skein going how am I going to get another sock out of this well you can't so I've already ordered another one um came is already here so I'm back on track so told you I seriously can't apparently figure out yardage or anything 
And so the other one that's on my needles that I've talked about many times is these color work mittens that I'm knitting for Chloe. And I finally, I really got going on them. I worked the first chart and I'm loving doing the color work and I'm like so excited about that. I'm finally making progress on this. And then I try to put my hand in them and there's really, really tight. And that's when I realized that you only knit the first like four rows with like a size five needle and then you pop it back up to like a seven for the rest. And I never changed my needle back to the larger size. <laughs> So in great disgust, I just threw them back in that little project bag that I just made and they are in timeout for right now. I'm also a little bit worried. They're red and white and I feel like the red yarn, which is this Norwegian yarn, like they're very traditional, is sort of, um, I don't know, I want to say bearding if it were quilt batting, I call it bearding. It's, it's fuzzing up on top of the white, which makes the white look kind of pink. And I'm a little dismayed about this, um, so but I'm just going to go with it. But I was watching, I think it's called the Earth Tones Girl podcast. It's a video podcast on YouTube. And she also knit these mittens, and I think she did them kind of like a black and white or a navy and white. And she loved them so much, she cast on a red and white pair. And she's having the same issue. And so she kind of put that on timeout also. But, I mean, red and white, is it's a very traditional combo, so I just feel like I should be able to, to get over this. But um, I just don't know how much more this yarn can take ripping back. So, anyways, so those are my, my trials with, with, with knitting. Um, so I'm glad I've rediscovered that I like quilting because knitting is sort of getting on my nerves right now. But that's okay because I've been enjoying knitting also vicariously through the show I talked about last week called Shetland, which I love. It's on Netflix. The first three seasons are on Netflix, and I found out that, in fact, there are two more seasons, but they're just not available here now. So that's kind of um, good to have something to look forward to. So in the meantime, I discovered that the show Broadchurch... Um, you know, I cannot get enough of these, you know, UK type murder mysteries. Um, Broadchurch has a season three, which I had not watched. And I don't know if you've ever watched Broadchurch. It's a, it's a mystery. It's got David Tennant and, um, it's very good. It's a little darker than I usually go for. I feel like the, the murders and or the, the cases can be a little bit more grisly. The first season, um, I had to sort of get over what the actual case was about before I could kind of enjoy the, the mystery part of it. But um, so that's what I've been watching while I've been sewing. And while I sewed together um, that uh, string block quilt, I rediscovered Call the Midwife, which somehow I lost traction on in the middle of an episode in season four, I found out as I clicked on, on it on Netflix. And um, that is the show that kept me company through, you know, it took like two and a half episodes to sew that quilt up together. And I got these new, um, really nice wireless headphones um, for my birthday. I just had a birthday recently and my, my family... Um, and this is a total aside, but kind of upped my game with the podcasting equipment. I was borrowing everything from, from Jonah, the microphone and headphones and everything. And so they got me my own microphone and some nice headphones and a little filter, you know, so your peas don't pop kind of thing on it. And this boom arm. So now I'm like all set up like an official podcaster. But anyway, so it's nice. I've got these headphones on and the laptop up on my sewing table. And I whizzed through a bunch of episodes of 
Call the Midwife and um, kind of rediscovered that one too. I love rediscovering shows that I used to like but have somehow lost traction on. Book-wise, I'm struggling to find the thing that I loved as much as uh, the Louise Penny series, but I've been told by several people that I completely trust that I need to read Wendell Berry. So I did check out Jaber Crow from the library and then got sidetracked on some other things and have not really made any headway with it. But I'm looking forward to it because I'm, you know, I, people that I really love and respect completely love this author. And I'm curious if you've read any uh, Wendell Berry. I know he does essays and he does fiction. And um, so let me know if you're a fan. I don't really have a housekeeping, homemaking kind of uh, segment today. I'm feeling honestly a little uninspired there as well. Spring is finally getting here and I am getting the itch to get outside and we kind of, you know, dig into the backyard literally the first part of spring and and replant and clean up and, and create a space that we we really enjoy being in during the spring and summer, because it's Southern California. We spend a lot of time outside, but I'm just kind of not there yet. Spring's a little um, late, or winter is late in arriving here. We had a very warm December and January, and now that it's March, and today is perhaps the first day of spring, it's going to rain, and it's kind of cold. Where we, We've just had a warm, dry winter, and now it's spring, and, and we're getting the, the cold, rainy weather. And we'll take it. I'm not complaining, but... Um, it's kind of putting a, a, a damper on me feeling the whole spring cleaning bug. So I'm just, I'm sure it'll hit me. It always does. So I'm just not going to worry about it. But I have been thinking a lot lately about habits. And I mentioned before, you know, I, my, I've struggled with my weight. It's up and down. And um, I think that, you know, managing your weight and your sleep and your exercise and how you're eating and all those kinds of things, these are all things that function must much much better if you can create habits for them so that you can kind of get them on the rails and not make decisions about what you're doing and whether you're going to go for that walk today and and all those sorts of things that you can um, tell yourself stories about to get out of it so I came across something on the internet and um about creating a, a habit checklist now I listen to a lot of Gretchen Rubin. I've read um, The Happiness Project, Happier at Home, Better Than Before. I've listened to her podcast. I'm sure you probably know who she is, um, but if you don't, there'll be links because you should totally check her out. She's kind of she can be, you know, kind of life transforming because she's all about learning your about yourself, learning um, how to be a better person and work within your own um, natural tendencies. So. I created this this little habit tracker just in an Excel spreadsheet and I printed it out and I washi taped it into my my bullet journal of the things that I want to make sure that I'm doing every day and they will be different for you but for me um, I have devotions take my vitamins eat on plan I eat this um, sort of sugar-free low carbish type of eating plan exercise for at least 10 minutes which I usually do more but the idea of the 10 minutes is that it's a very achievable goal so that even on a day that it's raining or whatever, there's something that I can do for 10 minutes, stretch for 10 minutes, 
which this, I kind of took this list from somewhere else and that was kind of a new one. I mean, I've gone through periods of time of, of doing yoga and stuff and I love it, um, but I have not made time for that for a while. So I thought I'd put that on there. That's the one that's proving to be the hardest to keep, to be honest with you, to sleep seven hours, drink 64 ounces of water. Um, there is one of them that, that's called well-being and it's just taking time, 10 minutes to do something that feeds your soul. For me, that's really easy because that's sewing or knitting or reading. So that one, <laughs> I think there's a lot of people that don't really take time for themselves and I am not one of those people. I make sure I have at this point in my life anyways and I don't have small children anymore, but I make time to to do the things for me. And, um, and I'm glad that that's a... A barrier that I've gotten over and then the last one is is to reflect to, to journal about what's working and what's not and so I haven't been doing this for that long I'm just almost a week here and um, so I have little check marks in the boxes the things I've done and there's more empty check boxes than I wish there were but I'm going to to keep this going and see how many streaks I can get going I was reminded of this um, Jerry Seinfeld quote where he talked about um, you know, writing a, a joke a day. This was advice to a comedian. And if you can just write one joke a day and you put an X on the calendar and you just see how long you can get that, that string going. And that's what I'm trying to accomplish here by having this checklist. And, and this is a pretty, you know, it's a well-established um, method of doing this. I believe Benjamin Franklin talks about creating a habits checklist. So if there's some things that you... Um, you know, want to do, you want to make sure. Another reason this works for me is that I forget. There's a lot of stuff going on in life and I forget the things that, um, that make me happy. I can, I like to journal and I feel like I'm kind of a happier person when I do that, but I forget to do it very frequently. So just having that little checklist and seeing it every day going, yep, I need to sit down and do that. So I hope that's um, helpful in some way to you. I'll kind of keep you updated and if I can really get some really good um, you know, long-term strings going on these things. That's it for this episode. Thanks for spending this time with me. I hope that you were able to do something fun, whether it was sit and do some handwork or sew, or if you took me along on your morning run, whatever it is, thanks so much for spending this time with me. It means a lot to me. Leave comments to let me know what you think. Let me know you're listening, any feedback you have about what you're sewing, what you're knitting, what's working in your life that type of thing. I would love to hear it and I will see you next time.